Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, September 15th edition, brought to you by DraftBeast.com and on it. Guys, we had a big week last week, but a, bi- a busy week at that. We had a million viewing parties for WWE shows, Cruiserweight Classic shows, UFC shows, Cage Warriors, all that good stuff. But there's a man who may have had a busier week than we did, Fightful's own Matt Riddle. Matt, you, you were a traveling son of a bitch this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a pretty good weekend. Went to uh, Cleveland, then uh, Deer Park, New York, then uh, Queens, New York. Good weekend. I saw that you were at the AIW show. What was that like? It was good. I hadn't wrestled there uh, before, so uh, it's a new experience. Crowd was pretty legit. You know, they 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 were pretty good, and uh, it was nice. Uh, Shayna Brazler wrestled there. She fought before. and uh, She won the title. Yeah, she won the title. And then Ronda Rousey came out, you know. And it, I'll, I'll be honest, for an indie show, that was probably the m- most star-studded indie show I've ever been to. Ronda sure. Rousey, like the four horsewomen were there. Uh, Noel Foley and Frank the Clown were there. You know, from Holy <laughs> Foley, I was like, what are they doing here, you know? Uh you were not starstruck by Frank the Clown, were you? No, I was. I wasn't starstruck by anybody. But like Tyson Kidd was there, you know. There was a lot of people there that, like, you know, I just they weren't booked or were said to be there that were there, you know. We had we have a viewer asking if you can turn your camera horizontal so it will fit our screen better. Would that fit the screen better? There you go. There you go. But yeah, Dan Severn was there too, am I right? Yeah, and Dan Severn. Man, Dan Severn is a gentleman, that guy. He's like a real old school gentleman. Not only that, he looks amazing for his age. Yeah. He's a stallion. Yeah, like and he and his wrestling was pretty good. It was pretty good. I was impressed. He's like fifty something right now. Let me let me look. Fifty eight years old. Jesus. Well, he wrestles a style in which he'll be able to wrestle that when he's 65, too. 
Yeah, well, you know what? I'll be honest. I saw some of it. It was definitely way more exciting than uh, – and nothing t- not taking anything away from his attitude there it is. But, like, he he was really good. Like, he, he was fired up. He had the crowd chanting beast. He was hitting belly to bellies. It, you know, it, it seemed like – it seems like he's really found his rhythm. It looked really good. Yeah, it was pretty cool how they did that. It was it was titled Bloodsport, and obviously they capitalized off of having UFC in that weekend, having you, Shayna Baszler, Dan on the show, and of course the the cameos by Ronda Rousey and Jessamyn Duke. Uh, do you think they should do more themed shows like that to coincide with? Which I mean, this was a special circumstance because of CM Punk, but do you think that's something that should happen more? Uh, you know, I don't. I think it's an okay idea to have a event in the same city. You know, like say have a, like a WWE event or a wrestling event the same weekend as a UFC event in the same city. That's fine as long as they're on different days. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think there's a lot of fans that like both. I know personally. I know a lot of fans that like love MMA and love pro wrestling. They go to WrestleMania and SummerSlam and they go to the big UFC fights as well, you know? Did you interact with one Ronda Rousey at all at this show? Oh, uh, you know, not really. Shook hands, you know, tilted hats. That was, that, that <laughs> was about it. You know. Speaking of hats, I was telling you before we went on the air, people are a pretty big fan of that Altered Beast hat you had on last week. What are you sporting this week? This is uh, – I had the Ultra Beast last week. I got the sweet Super Mario Brothers this week. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of, like, sports in the sense of, like, baseball, football, that, like, sports teams. So, like, I usually – you know, I'm a fan of video games, so I got, like, you know, the baseball hat for video games. What kind of gaming you in? Just general PC gaming? Like, like how does that work for you? Uh, you know, I kind of dabble in all of it. You know, like right now I got the PS4 on right now with Bioshock Collection in front of me. And then I got the Steam machine where I got all my Steam games and all my PC stuff. And, yeah, you know, I kind of dabble in both. I became such a trophy whore a few years ago. I just wouldn't play anything unless I could get a trophy off of it, like on PSN or something like that. It really ruined my my gaming enjoyment because I, I came became focused on that one thing. But uh, yeah, Altered Beast, man, that's a classic. That is a classic. I remember playing in the arcade, playing it for Sega. It was a good time. Did you ever play Saturday Night Slam Masters I back sure in the day? Have. Sure. Oh have. man, I that one the other day. <laughs> oh, that game is great. That is an underrated game. I wish they would re-release that on like PSN. That, that they need to. There's a lot of games like like if Nintendo Wii just re-released a lot of N64 games on the Wii U, or even just, there's just so many games that people still want to play that are not available unless you you know have a Nintendo 64 like a Dreamcast or. Uh, Sega, you know? Can we get some sort of petition going? We get petitions for everything in wrestling. People are petitioning Roman Reigns to not wear that dumbass vest anymore. But we can't get people to petition to get a re-release of Saturday Night Slam Masters. That match was incredible. It was Street Fighter meets Pro Wrestling, and it had Hagger from Final Fight in it. That was some fun stuff. And you had, like, you had, like, some pro wrestling inspired like some actual like WWE WCW inspired characters like there was one that was clearly based on Vader there was one that had a little bit of Rey Mysterio to him 
which I mean, actually, actually, probably wasn't based on Rey Mysterio. That was around the time Rey was making his debut. But that was a fun game, Matt. Good game. Good game. I like gotta see. Gotta see. See. Personally. Oh, uh, that was on the Sega version. I didn't get that on the Super Nintendo version. Ooh, that's yeah, good. I was. Oh, I was so pissy when I went to the video store and I picked up the Genesis version and I saw that on the back. I was like, damn it. Not fun. Not fair. So you also had Evolve this weekend, including you beating the current WWE Cruiserweight Champion, Matt Riddle. Now, I'll say this. You told me you were Is what? Is that two- real? Is that you real? Told, you told me that you were 210 pounds last week. That's, that's a quick five-pound weight cut. We've seen that's you at 170. That's a five-pound weight cut. You know, and I actually weighed myself this morning. I was like 203. Ooh. So technically, you know, I, I, I mean, if anybody should be getting the title shot, it should probably be me. But, hey, you know, best of luck to TJ Perkins. You know, he's going to have a great run. And, you know, it looks, it looks good on him. It looks good on him. Can't believe you didn't just cut a promo on him. How dare you, Matt? <laughs> this oh, is your forum. Uh, this is your forum. Oh, I, you're going to cut a promo on somebody later. I assure you of that because we'll, we'll get into more stuff. So you faced TJ Perkins, who had this, this run. I went off on – are you familiar with Josh Matthews? Jo- I've heard the name. The, the TNA yes. announcer. who yes, He yes. and TJ Perkins had a bit of a spat last year where TJ said – that he didn't want to portray a schizophrenic split personality character because he thinks it was insensitive. And they did it on TV anyway, and he took to Twitter and said, guys, I didn't sign off on this. And Josh Matthews, who was their announcer, said, just leave, bro. Just leave. Just go away. Well, as it turns out, that was pretty damn good career advice because now TJ Perkins, less than a year later, is WWE Cruiserweight Champion. But more importantly... He's losing Evolve matches to Fightful.com's own Matt Riddle. I watched the match just a bit ago. They put the whole thing up for free on, uh, I think, the WWN Live YouTube. That was a good match, Matt. Yeah, you know, the, it, was, it wasn't bad. I actually watched it yesterday, and I was, I was pretty stoked with it. And then I saw that, and then I watched TJ win the belt last night, and I was like, <laughs> oh, hey. We lose our Facebook this morning and all WWN Live and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, TJ is so good, and a lot of everybody I work with at Evolve is so good. It's like it's hard to have a bad match with anybody. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, somebody on Twitter, and I, I mentioned it last night, and I wish I remembered who they were. They called TJ Perkins the most adaptable pro wrestler around right now. Like he can work with anybody. How important is that? Which you also have a style that you can work with pretty much anybody. How important do you think that is? I think it's really important, especially in, like, uh, today's wrestling. Like, TJ, the reason, like, me and him had such a good match is he knows pro wrestling, but he also knows jiu-jitsu. He knows some amateur wrestling. He knows some kickboxing. and He knows all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So for me to mix my stuff in there, he can actually work with me rather than me just having to do pro wrestling or him just having to do mixed martial arts, you know? It's nice to have the mixture, and that's what we were able to do in our match, you know? And that is the advantage of being able to do jiu-jitsu and kickboxing and professional wrestling. Then you have that mixture. 
a lot of guys just, you know, work on pro wrestling. They go to a pro wrestling school and do pro wrestling. But it's important to have all facets of the game, even if it's not you're not an MMA fighter. Who says you can't do like a guillotine? You know. Sure. Sure. What What rank were you as a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu trainee? I'm a two stripe. I'm a two stripe brown belt under Robert Drysdale. Yes, he's pretty. He's yeah. He's he's won Abu Dhabi a couple times. But I've been like yeah, absolutely. I was a purple belt for four years. You know, like, I, like I've like i beaten a lot of black belts in my day. So it's like, like, a belt's just a belt. It's just a matter of time before I get a black, you know. I'm it's pretty no awesome. Rush. That's probably, that's probably why I one, of the things, one of the things I really liked about that match with TJ Perkins, like, you set up the twister and you went for it throughout the match, uh, one, of, one of your submissions, and he went for an e-bar. Those are not submissions – you often have seen in pro wrestling, like a knee bar on occasion, but rarely as a finish except from him. So it's not something that you've seen at the WWE level, at the TNA level, at the WCW or ECW level. So it was something new, it was something different. I really like that. That was, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. And even when I first started working with Evolve, I, I used a heel hook. Nobody mm-hmm. uses a leg lock submission. But I, I started to realize the reason why a lot of people don't like the leg lock submissions is it's hard to see when you're in, like, a smaller crowd. So when you're, like, working a smaller show and people stand up in the front row when you have a submission, if you're both on your bellies, knee barring or whatnot, it's just really hard to see, you know? Or even with a heel hook, which I was using, you're both laying flat on your back. It's just a little more difficult to see. Well, in like a fight or a stadium, you kind of get more eyes on it, you know? I notice that pro wrestlers all the time, especially ones that have submission finishes, it becomes a photo op situation where people are like, put me in the crippler cross face, put me in the sharpshooter. I don't think people want you even applying the twister, <laughs> Matt. I don't think they understand. That's not one that you want in for a photo op. You don't want it at all. No, the twister's a rough one. Uh the, the reason why I picked the twister is a lot of guys in their wrestling matches, they pick body parts to work. Say, like, if you do a sharpshooter, you work, like, the lower back and legs or figure four of the legs. Cross face, I would imagine, the shoulder, arm, and head, you know. With the twister, I can kind of work any part of your body, and I can tap you with the twister, you know, because it's like a knee lock, a leg lock. It's a spine and back lock. And it's like a neck crank. So, like, I basically, you know, get every part of your body, you know? So it doesn't matter what you're working over throughout the match. That move is applicable. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly why I picked it. It works for – it'll finish anybody regardless. Now, I heard that Billy Corgan was at Evolve. Did you speak to him? Billy Corbin. Uh, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. He runs TNA now. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, he was there. <laughs> Did you speak to him at all? You know he's running TNA now, right? Yeah, I I, I found that out this weekend. I I actually I I feel like I live in a bubble and I don't know certain things that I should know. But yeah, I I saw him this weekend and I you know everybody's like oh yeah he runs TNA and we talked a little bit nothing crazy you know. Just, he was, he, he was did not for you a contract or anything? 
No, he did not offer me a contract. He said, nice work. You know, maybe, you know, just, just brush some shoulders. Nothing serious. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet, Matt. Um, so what was that Evolve experience like? I mean, you worked three straight days on a pretty – this is a pretty big weekend for pro wrestling and MMA. We also had Backlash and UFC 203. So there was a lot going on. And you had a lot going on. So what, what was that like? And the, the Evolve shows were in New York, right? So you had to travel yep. from Cleveland to New York. Yep. It was like it was like fourteen hour drive, you know, seven hour drive up to Cleveland, seven hours back, and then the New York drive. I I live in Pennsylvania, so it was about two and a half to New York, and then I spent. Do I remember you living in Washington at one point? Washington State or D.C. or I don't know. I seem to remember like for some reason one time when I did an interview with you, you were in Washington or something. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I've been. I don't think I've been to Washington D.C. or the state <laughs> in my life. Like I'm sitting here thinking, when when well, we did hey, these podcasts, yeah, we when we did these podcast negotiations. In my mind, for some reason, I'm like, okay, so he lives in Washington. I don't know why I thought that. Like, I just I don't know. Maybe some maybe some Titan PR person screwed up or something. I don't know, but. But yeah, uh, so did you watch the Cruiserweight Classic last night? I did. I actually did watch it last night. I watched it today. Either way, either way, did you watch all of it? Uh, yes, yes, I did. What are What are your thoughts on on some of the matches? Namely, well, we'll start off uh, Zack Saber and uh, Grand Metalik. Man, ever I said this last night. Every time Zack Saber gets in the ring, it makes me want to go get in the ring just to roll around just to train because he makes really, really hard things look like like anybody could do it because he's so good. <laughs> yeah, he is good. No, he is good. That's, he does that. That's, like, that's his style, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like a lot of people work at making it look like it's a struggle to do certain things. And he's very smooth and does a very good technical style of professional wrestling. And he does it very fast and almost like effortless, you know? But yeah, everything Zach does is good. And I thought I thought that match was good, you know, it was back and forth. It got physical with some slaps, some chops, some European uppercuts, some kicks. I think that you know, Kota Ibushi I really like how uh, they're really protected out of that finish. You know, when you hit that driver, I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate when somebody gets a finish, it actually works. You know what I'm saying? Is it adds that element of surprise? Definitely. That's one of the things I always heard on the indie circuit is that you have to protect your finish because a lot of the people that you're not going to work in front that you're going to work in front of, they don't know what your finish is. So you have to protect that. That way, the next time you're around, they do know because you don't have the benefit of being on television every week. Is that something that you, you try to, to make sure is done in your matches as well? You know, I, I don't know. Sometimes certain people want me to win with certain things due to storylines. They say if somebody's arm's injured, they'll want me to attack their arm or whatever. But I don't know. It, it all depends, you know? 
By the way, guys, I haven't mentioned this. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross Sapp. Buy this beautiful Catches Catch Can Wrestling shirt. But I'm using that to segue. I saw a shirt of yours, Matt Riddle, and it kicked a bunch of ass. The the, uh, the uh, one that you gave Ariel Hawani, the, the Budweiser mock-up. Oh, yeah? King of Bros. You mean this one? Oh, you have it right there. Make some noise so they can hear it so the camera switches to you. You see this? King of Bros. Look at that beautiful thing. I saw I saw you wearing that when you, you photobombed a Shayna Baszler shot as well. Yeah, you know, it's a pretty legit shirt, very comfortable. Great to wear at your local indie performance, your indie show. You know, it's it's great. Especially when Shayna Brazler's talking trash to a little kid. You know, you just oh, yeah. bob her, get some you know, get some love. What do you think of her transition? You got to see her work up close and personal this weekend. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. You know, she uh, she has more of a like uh, tough person, like tough guy, bully aspect of an MMA fighter, of like a cocky, arrogant MMA fighter that like gets up on people, but then like takes it for granted and gets beat on and like back and forth. So she's more tough gives up a little bit and then back on her and so on. But yeah, I liked it. You know, uh, she has her moves set. She has some stuff she likes to do. And like you said, she has to continue to do that, get a move set, find different ways of transitioning into it and make it hers. She did a lot of training with Billy Robinson and man training with that guy before he passed away was one of the best experiences of my life. And I love to see that, that more catch wrestlers are getting involved in professional wrestling because I don't want to call it a lost art because it's still around, but man, it's an underutilized art. Yeah, I think it's starting to pick up. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people like you know that uh, that version of professional wrestling, but a lot more people are starting to pick up that catch style of wrestling. That more, I I just call it more realistic. You know, just you know, a front headlock, a front headlock, going for submissions, going for holes, going for pins, you know, grinding, hold, you know, just just that more dominating style, you know, more aggressive style, you know, because that's what it is. We were talking about the Cruiserweight Classic. I thought that TJ Perkins versus Kota Ibushi match was one of the best matches I've seen all year. That was great. TJ was very, very clearly the underdog. I love that they they factored in checking kicks. Uh, I like that. I love the elements of realism they put into it. This was really good. An awesome story, too, Matt. I agree. I agree. It was a great match. I love the how they utilized the checking the kicks. A lot of times you just get people throwing leg kicks, and I liked how TJ, you know, I saw him check that kick, and I was like, nice, you know? Uh, and then TJ, TJ yeah, Perkins became cruiserweight champion. I want to get your thoughts on that title belt. What are your thoughts on how the title belt looks? I'll be it's honest. Purple. I don't think I've been a. I don't think I've been a fan of like the last three titles or four titles they released. You know the. I don't know what they're doing with the belt straps. Yeah. You know, like that, and then like the back color plates. You know. 
I like I like a good, you know, traditional gold belt, you know, that says champion. <laughs> you know, and there's what? there's millions of different engravings and designs and other things you could use. I I, I don't know. It's a little car to me it's a little cartoony, but I think maybe that appeals to their market a little better because you know a lot of children do watch professional wrestling you know so sure I, th- I know the reason why they do their women's belts and their world belts like that it's because if those guys are on good morning america they want that WWE logo there if they give the belt to the denver broncos for winning the super bowl they want people to see that wwe logo there but with the cruiserweight belt it's not like that i think they could have done something a little bit different I do like the new SmackDown tag belts where they used to have those like the smashed penny look on Raw, but now they're silver. I like those. Those are kind of cool. I, I like the silver belts. They're not bad. I still, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of the blue belt strap, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I, yeah. You know, maybe like a traditional, like, if it if it appeals to the person, I, I don't mind that. Like, if you have, like, Stone Cold had the snake skin, you know, stuff, stuff like that. But, like, should just be like either like a brown or a black or just like I don't know these these hot colors are you know pretty crazy. <laughs> I there there is Monster Factory. I like theirs. Sometimes they have some different colored straps, but man, their belts look pretty cool. I've always liked those as well. Belt, I like those belts as well, but the strap color does get a little unique there. Sometimes a hot green, <laughs> hot orange. Yeah, yeah they're doing it wild now. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, TJ Perkins, cruiserweight champion, cruiserweight classic. Got to believe you're owed a title shot at some point, Matt. You beat him this weekend. Yeah. You beat him, you beat him three days before he became champion. I mean, it, these things happen. These things happen, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I didn't get any wind of it or hear about it or, you know, like, yeah, you know, I was, I was shocked. It's okay. You know, we'll, I think we will rally for you, man. We, we will get you what you are owed. Damn it! Now, something I definitely wanted to talk to you about. Let me pull up the direct quote because I don't want to misquote. Your boy Dan Hardy is looking to return to the UFC, Matt. Oh, good for him. But he wants to return at 155 pounds. I think this is his way of completely ducking you. That guy is such a turd, man. 155 <laughs> This is what he said. <laughs> I'd very much like to. I have a few fights left in my contract. I need to get cleared by a doctor. I'm in the process of getting cleared. I just jump in for some fun fights. I'm a lot lighter than I used to be. I'm closer to walking onto the scales at 170. I fought twice at 160, and it was a very comfortable weight for me. I was always so much quicker and agile when I was lighter. I think 155 would be better for me now. I'm not interested in belts. I'd like to be challenged and tested by people I look up to. Hey, he was challenged by you. Does he not look up to you? I, I, I'm pretty sure he does not look up to me. He does not like me at all. He should look up to me. You know, I can well, I mean, ass. But, he he might physically look up to you if he's walking around at a frail one hundred and fifty five pounds. I I can't but I can't believe that when he just, he literally ducks me, takes two years off, and then now he's like he, he and he shrunk 
And he shrunk over time. He used it to cut to 170. Now he can make 55 with ease. And he's, tr- he's trying to get you to saw off one of your arms to, to fight him, I think. I, no, I think I think you were right when you just told me initially. He just anyway, he does not want a piece of it. I can't, he even, wanted- I can't even argue with it. I don't really know what to say. Matt, he turned into a vegan so he wouldn't have to fight you. I can't. I I can't. I thought, are you making this up? No, I swear to God. He was on UFC tonight this week. And they, because he was in town for, I don't know what the hell he was in town for. But he was in town. They had him on UFC tonight. And he said it. It's on the front page of Fightful.com right now. Dan Hardy looking for UFC return. And even more than that. He says that he would likely only take like last minute replacement fights. So I mean, you offered to show up at his gym. Oh, this guy's ridiculous! I can't wait to to write the headline: Dan Riddle or Matt Riddle calls Dan Hardy a turd. That one I'm excited for. Oh my god, that's ridiculous! He literally he retires prematurely because of a wolf heart, a medical condition, and then he comes. He wants to come back four years later, and he was at the end of his career when he had that condition. Like he already got beat up multiple times. Like all he would do is coming back for an ass whooping to sell some tickets. It's Man. like he's not even. It's, he's not even close to his prime anymore. Yeah, I think he's thirty four. I'm gonna look at his age. But then, then again, then again, you know, it's it's the UFC, so they'll probably they'll probably bring him back, and we'll see what they do. They'll probably yeah, he's you'll probably get beat up. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. He's 34. He, he won his last two fights. It was against Amir Sadala and Dwayne Ludwig, but he had lost four in a row off before that. And I feel like him sell, helping sell that GSP fight kept him around a little longer because he did get a name of himself. Uh, he lost to Carlos Condit, you know, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Isn't it psychotic to think that Anthony Rumble Johnson ever made 170 pounds? It is. It is. 
This is a guy who beat UFC, former UFC heavyweight champion Andre Arlovsky at heavyweight. Uh, Matt, I look at you and I'm like, how the hell did Matt make 170 pounds? It was a struggle. It was a struggle, man. Me, the thing is, me and Robo Johnson are literally the same height. I'm definitely not as big as Anthony. You know, I'm definitely not as big as he is. But like, right now I'm walking around at like 210, 215. I got a six pack. I mean, I don't cut weight. I work out, but yeah, I remember it's like. When we had that conversation about you possibly doing pro wrestling a few years ago, I was like, well, why do you walk around at? And you were like, 200-ish pounds. And in pro wrestling, that's a good 215, 220 because they'll add on to it and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's like, damn. And <laughs> that's one of the weird things I thought about people like calling Conor McGregor a midget and things like that. I was like, guys, it doesn't matter. Is that something that you've noticed? Do people in the pro wrestling business – underestimate the difference between trained and untrained as far as it goes with fighting? Some do, some don't. Most of them do. Any of them that actually have have any education in, like, any martial arts knows the difference between, like, a skilled guy, like, knows what he's doing and trains for it, you know, especially as somebody that knows professional mixed martial artists, you know. Because usually if you're a professional mixed martial artist, you're usually extremely strong in one of the backgrounds. You're usually like a judo champ, a wrestling champ, jiu-jitsu champ, a kickboxing champ, a boxing champ, you know. Like usually you have some kind of credentials, you know. Or you're a champion in all the above, you know. So it's like most, most professional wrestlers do realize that. But at the same time, and this is just common sense, if you weigh 150 pounds, 160 pounds, if the most you can weigh is like 170 pounds, like you just weigh 170 soaking wet, and you fight somebody that's like 250 pounds, and he knows how to fight, you're going to get your ass whooped. Yeah. I don't care how, like, if right now I fought Josh Barnett, I personally, and this is nothing against Josh Barnett, I think I'm a more skillful fighter just because that's who I am. But at the same time, he's a heavyweight. He's like a legit, like what? He weighs like 255 or something? Yeah. You know? I think just pure natural size alone, he has my number, and he's extremely talented. You know? And I don't think I'm much better than Josh Barnett. I think I'm like even with it. It's just that he's that much bigger than me, there's nothing I'd really be able to do, you know? And maybe, maybe we can I'm get wrong. a Josh Barnett-Matt Riddle pro wrestling match down the line. Josh Barnett's heavy into that pro wrestling. Be, that would be savage. Make that happen. We'll go to Japan. We'll do it at Evolve. That would be awesome. I know, I, he told me that after he retires, he wants to wrestle for probably another five to ten years. That's he. That's a good idea for him. He's... He's made a great career in mixed martial arts, and he has a great reputation, you know, everywhere he goes. So if I was him, and he loves it, you know. Speaking of super successful MMA crossovers, there was a guy by the name of CM Punk who fought this weekend, Matt. Uh, Did you watch the fight? You know what? I usually don't watch the UFC fights, but I made an exception this Saturday, and I did. I did watch the fights. (laughs) Let me know your thoughts on that entire situation and how the fight played out, please. The, 
that fight was pretty <laughs> vicious. You know, uh, you know, CM Punk came out. You could tell he was, you know, he, he he doesn't wear it on his face, but he was extremely nervous. And he came out there through, you know, through right away. Which, just so you know, if you're ever trying to like strike with somebody, you never just want to run straight at him and punch him. You kind literally of run. Like, you know, maybe go touch the glove. Maybe stand in the center. Get octagon control. Move around from there. You know, but uh, charged him, got taken down, and then from there it was a brown belt on top of a white belt. You know, it was on. It was a professional versus an amateur right there. Somebody asked me like, what did I think it looked like? And I said it, it looked like somebody who had trained for eight years against somebody who had trained for about a year. That's exactly what it looked like. It, it, it looked like a professional wrestler going against a professional mixed martial artist. Now, here's the thing I wonder. You had some WWE guys that were saying. <laughs> That's, what it looked like. That's exactly what it looked like. You had some guys from the WWE with no training at all ever that were talking trash to Conor McGregor, who was pound for pound one of the best fighters in the world. This was a WWE wrestler who trained at one of the best camps in the world for over a year and still got his ass kicked by a guy who isn't even top isn't even top 80 in the world. Who's this? Uh, well, what? What do you mean? Well, everybody was talking trash about uh, Conor McGregor in the WWE, but I mean – CM Punk, he went and trained at Rufus Sport for over about a year and a half. So, I mean, it was a good camp. And Mickey Gall, he's probably not even top 80 in the world at welterweight. So, it's like you got a bunch of guys who haven't trained at these camps, like your Roman Reigns is and people like that, talking about beating up Conor McGregor. And I get it. They're protecting their image. They should do that. They absolutely should do that. But some of them got a little crazy with the delusion. And it's like, man, I don't think you all know. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think a lot of them, I think a lot of them did get a little delusional. But like I said, like Conor McGregor is only like he's really good, but he's only a hundred and like fifty five, one hundred and seventy pounds, like max. You know, like hey, he beat he yeah, beat up the mountain I, from I Game of Thrones. I know Conor McGregor is like the champ at 145 and he's fought 170 against Nate Diaz, but Nate Diaz is also a 55er. It's not like he's a big welterweight. Like, you got to think about it like this. If I cut down from 220 and fight Conor McGregor at 170, I'm going to be fighting at 190, almost 200 pounds when I get in the cage. He's going to be sitting at 170 still. He, he may have been at 160, 168-ish then too. By the time by the time I get him to round three, he'll be down to one fifty. I'll only be down to about one eighty. You know, I'm still gonna be putting pounds away. And it's like and it's nothing against Connor, it's just size does matter to a certain extent. Now granted, Roman Reigns does not throw head kicks, he's not trained, he's not a world class wrestler, but he did play in the NFL, you know. And I'll tell you this, I've mixed it up with a couple big time football players, you know. And they're world-class fucking athletes. They're like human horses, you know? They're stallions, you know? So, like, if you're messing with a thoroughbred athlete, regardless of training, like, if I get in a fight with Shaq, Shaq might whoop my ass. Well, hey, now, Shaq was a secret character. Shaq was a secret character in one of the UFC games. For a good reason, bro. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Plus, Roman Reigns gets to wear that tactical vest. Yeah, the tactical vest. He needs to get rid of that. You know, know, a T-shirt if he wants to rock a tank top. But, come on, it's Roman Reigns. You know, he it's I don't know what he's going for. Everybody else lost the gimmick. Did you pay attention to anything else on the UFC show? Oh, uh, the heavyweight title match was pretty good. I was yeah, it was getting knocked out. That was man. Every single punch they threw, I was like, "This is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. This is going to be the one." That's why the heavyweight title is like the least held title. Nobody can really defend it. Yeah. So Brock Lesnar still holds a share of that record. Nobody has defended that title more times in a row than him. There are some people who tied that, but it's never been defended more than twice in a row. Because it's, you got to realize it's a heavyweight title in MMA and you're punching with four ounce gloves. All it does is protect your hands from breaking sometimes. Did you see that hilarious kick that Fabricio Verdum opened up against Travis Brown? Wasn't that great? <laughs> it was so great. It was amazing. I'm probably going to use it in professional wrestling. I'm probably going to only across the ring and kick people in the chest. It's going to be awesome. You only do that if you have – you're not afraid of shit. Like It's like, okay, what's a worst-case scenario for Verdum? He falls down – and Travis Brown goes to the ground with him. Oh, what are you going to do there against Verdum? Exactly. And, like, I'm glad to see it from him because I'm tired of seeing really high-level jiu-jitsu practitioners not, like, just throw – I'm not saying you got to throw crazy wild, but you should be throwing, like, low-risk kicks, you know, throwing high-level kicks at people because if you fall or they take you down, you're in a dominant position, you know, and use the kicks for range, you know. So using a jumping kick when you're a Abu Dhabi champion, I think is brilliant. If I was an Abu Dhabi champion or if I knew I was going against a really poor, you know, grappler, I would totally do that stuff. Cody McKenzie My- used to do it all the time. He would bum rush people with his boxing. And the thing is, I love Cody, but his hands were never like they were good, but they were like <laughs> world class. But he would come at you so hard, you'd usually cover up and shoot, and he would guillotine you every time. And I saw him get how many submission of the night bonuses and wins with a guillotine. Oh, he won like 10 fights in a row with a guillotine. He was like a 10 yeah, was... before he got to the UFC all by guillotine. Yeah. I'm hoping this, like what Verdum did, because I mean that – that wobbled Travis Brown. That was a very low percentage kick that he landed. And I'm hoping it's a lot like if you remember when uh, when uh, Anderson Silva hit that front kick on Vitor Belfort. That kick wasn't utilized like a whole lot before that. But after that, it was. I'm hoping, like you mentioned, that that becomes a thing that is done more for people who specialize in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. If Damian – well, I don't know if Damian Maia can jump that high. But if he did that, that could be – that could be a new he wrinkle in his game. He's conservative. He's conservative with the strikes. <laughs> also, there was that wasn't even the weirdest thing that happened in that fight. Travis Brown got a finger dislocated from a punch and took a timeout. What? Now I said this on the post-fight show. Imagine if CM Punk had said, "Hold on, timeout. My throat. I'm getting choked. Can we hang on for just a second? What were your thoughts on on the finger dislocation deal? 
You know, fighting fighting's really weird about certain rules like this. Like, I'll, I'll say this, for example, like, if you get poked in the eye, they usually stop it, right, and give you time. Well, one time I was fighting Demarcus Johnson in San Diego, and I had my hands up, and he punched one of my hands in my eye, and it poked my eye. So I backed up and covered my eye, and the ref said, continue fighting. You poked yourself in the eye. That doesn't count. Oh. So I don't know what the rules on certain finger dislocations, but I know the rules are kind of weird and like, and they're different in every state. You know what I'm saying? So maybe in Ohio, well, we... if there's a dislocation of the shoulder or knee or finger, you have like back in or something. I well, I mean, know. I've called a lot of fights in uh... – Ohio, there is no rule like that. Like it, it should have been. If he couldn't continue, it should have been a TKO. I think Mark Ratner said said as much uh, recently, or actually, I think he said as much that night. But yeah, that was really weird. And then it, it gets even weirder. It gets even weirder. Edmund Tverdian, who coaches Ronda Rousey, Travis Brown, and not a whole lot of other people because everybody's leaving his damn camp. Um, I've, I've seen I've seen some videos. I've seen some gifs and stuff. Yes, I know who this is. Yeah, so I've made my feelings about Edmund known on previous podcasts. I won't ask you to open up that Pandora's box, but he talked shit to Fabricio Verdum, and you could you could see him mouthing the words something something motherfucker, and Fabricio Verdum responded by like a push kick. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen a coach and a, an opposing coach and a fighter go at it after a fight? I have. I, I have. Usually not at this level. Usually at this level, we kind of have some class. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like people get frustrated and certain trainers get frustrated. And uh, I think there's a big thing people don't realize. There's a lot of money involved in mixed martial arts, and there's a lot of money involved winning and losing like if you win you double your money most of the time if you lose and these trainers get a percentage of your wins and your losses well that's like they, that's basically like if you go to work and you're like honey i'm going to work i might make twenty five thousand, or i might make fifty thousand. you know so he just lost the fight he was probably frustrated and when a guy like fabricio verdum drop kicks your one of your star pupils in the opening minutes of the round it makes your coaching look like shit Right. Yeah, he's like, he's done plenty. Coach. He's done plenty to make his own coaching look like shit. Exactly, but that just adds a cherry on top, you know. Just watching him fight and then watching his guy lose, and and then of course he acted like a child, you know. And his actions in the past have said the same thing, you know. What's your weekend looking like, Matt? I know you have a booking. What tomorrow in Illinois? Chicago, yeah, Chi Town. I'm in Illinois tomorrow. For AAW wrestling Olympic wrestler Jeff Cobb. Who some people may know as Matanza from Lucha Underground. Allegedly. Crazy. Allegedly. We have no proof. No real proof. I've never seen him in costume. I've only seen him in a singlet. But I, as I look down the card, this is a loaded card. You got Chris Hero versus Phoenix, Drew Gulak versus Josh Alexander, Abyss versus Sammy Callahan. Uh, also, Sammy Callahan. Yeah, these cards are stacked. That's. I'll be honest. I get extremely lucky, and I'm very smart with the bookings I take for the most part. 
And, you know, this one, AAW, I've been trying to get on this card for a while. I was actually supposed to wrestle for it back, I think, in April. And there was, like, a freak snowstorm here in Pennsylvania. I crashed my car the first time I was going to wrestle for him. And I couldn't make it up there. Then, like, he never called me back because I blanked, basically. And then, finally, you know, I got the call again. And he's like, hey, this time. And I was like, sweet. And here I am wrestling Jeff Cobb tomorrow. I'm pretty stoked about it. Also, I see Trevor Lee, Andrew Everett, and Jack Evans against AR Fox, Xavier, and Moose. Uh, damn. Damn, that is a card. If you're in the Chicago area, you all got to check that out. Dude, from what I heard, I've never been a part of these shows, but I heard they're packed to the brim. The fans are crazy. And you you listed the card, so you already know what it is. The card's going to be sick. Where else do you want to wrestle in America that you haven't? Maybe maybe a territory, maybe maybe an indie promotion? I don't, I don't think there is. <laughs> I touched them all. I wrestled for them all. That's pretty awesome. You pretty much, yeah. you, and you're you're getting quite. A, are are you surprised that you got as much buzz as you did so quick? Oh, uh, you know what? This kind of sounds crazy. Hold on, I'm gonna throw this on the charger. Okay, but this sounds kind of crazy. But because I got to the UFC so quick. Is it good? Uh, your video's not up, but I can hear you just fine. Should be good now. That's okay. We're about to wrap up anyway. But but either way, uh, we were talking about the buzz that you had. There you are. Yeah, so the buzz. Yeah, it, to me, like I got a lot of buzz going into it. The thing for me, it took – longer than I thought because when I trained MMA and jiu-jitsu, I got to the UFC so quick. So I just assumed when I started doing pro wrestling, I got such good buzz right off the bat. I was like, well, I'll probably be in the WWE in no time, you know? <laughs> you know, two, you know, almost two years later, and I, you know, in this two years, I discovered this whole new world of wrestling on the indies and, you know, all these other promotions. Because when I grew up, I just watched WWE all the time or WCW, you know. And it's just been, you know, it's been a great ride. And I, I have a lot of good buzz on me now. Meltzer has nothing but great things about me. So, you know, and everything's great, you know. And I just get to wrestle everywhere I want to. Can't really ask for any more. Like, think about it. I wrestled TJP this past Saturday or Sunday. And... He's the cruiserweight champion of the world and for the WWE. Yeah, you can have worse people there able to, to speak up for you than one of the WWE champions, right? Exactly, you know? Somebody asks, one of our viewers asks, have you ever done an indie event and had to roll with people before the show because they just wanted to test you? Yeah. I don't, I don't think they wanted to test me, or maybe it was a test but I've rolled with multiple people. I've rolled with Trevor Lee. Rolled with Henry Tuxedo. I've rolled with I, I've rolled with like Gulak, Tracy Williams, TJP. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Do you, do you yeah, find that the I people are, are more receptive? Do you think that's something they want to find out for themselves, or they just they just want to experience it, or 
maybe just working on their skills or a combination of the all of them. I think it's just the same thing as just doing professional wrestling. You're just seeing what they know. You just it's a feeling out process. You know how like dogs sniff each other's butts? <laughs> yeah. You know, like like grapple each other and you get a feel for them. Like kickboxers kickbox each other. Stuff like that, you know? You just some butt sniffing. Yeah, just a normal butt sniffing for, you know, wrestler. Some grappling. So you're set for Friday. You have any other bookings throughout the weekend? Yep, uh, Saturday I wrestle in North Carolina for PWX. I wrestle a guy named uh, Anthony Henry. He's actually a really good wrestler from uh, the South. And I'm shocked he doesn't – I don't know. I feel like he should get a little more notice. You know, his name's Anthony Henry, and he's really good. He was actually in New York wrestled for FIP this past uh, Sunday and did good, but, you know, the crowd was a little dead, you know. But it is what it is. So, I mean, you're all, you're all over the place. Illinois, Friday, North Carolina, Saturday. You were in New York last weekend. Pennsylvania, I mean, you live in Pennsylvania. Uh, where was the other one? It was in Cleveland. So, you've hit – you're hitting five states all together over the course of, yeah. like, nine days. A lot of people don't travel to that many states in their lives, Matt. That's pretty, pretty yeah, impressive. And then, I go to Can- and then I go to Canada next weekend. Oh, really? Where, where are you going in Canada? It's for C4. Nice. That, that's where our main, uh, mainly our website is based out of. Our website owner, uh, Jimmy Van, based out of Canada. So, Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can talk Jimmy Van into running a show and booking you. Okay. Maybe he'll book you versus Vince Russo. What's that? He needs to book you versus Vince Russo. Battle of the Bros. And what would happen? I just uh, you'd probably kick the living shit out of him. Vince Russo is a 55-year-old non-wrestler. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's good booking. Well, he is a former WCW champion, Matt. Was he? Yeah, he booked himself to be WCW champion. It's one of the most criticized moves in wrestling history. Some people say it killed WCW. <laughs> That's pretty you, reckless. All right, I you, I knew David Arquette was champion, and that was his doing. I did. Oh yeah, that realize, was. I didn't realize he also made himself champion. I think. I oh hell yeah, he did. Once they made David Arquette champion. Oh, I can't wait to tell him that. I can't wait to tell him that. Uh-oh. See, this is gonna happen. This every Don't week. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have a ready-made promo for you because I, I'm causing beef in Matt Riddle's life. Whether it's Dan Hardy or Vince Russo, you got it. I mean, you will always be able to say, if you beat the shit out of Vince Russo, Matt, you'll always be able to say, I beat a former WCW champion. That's true. I mean, that's just, that's something I can put on my job resume. You'll have beaten the CWC champion and the WCW champion and every other incarnation of the damn letters. Lots of fun stuff. But, yeah, guys, if you all are in uh, the, the North Carolina area Saturday night, the Chicago area Friday night, I highly encourage you to check uh, Matt out. Fantastic work. Also, we're going to be posting that match he had with TJ Perkins up on the site uh, very soon. Unbelievable match. Uh, Matt, I can't speak highly enough of his work. Matt, anything you want to tell the people before we go? 
Nah, you know, I mean, I guess I'm going to say no, and then I'm going to tell the people something. So, so, yeah, no, I don't need to say anything, but Chicago, come check out AAW. The show's amazing. And check out PWX, you know, it's uh, down in North Carolina. I can, If I'm there, the show's going to be legit, trust me. I never go soft, so. You know? <laughs> and uh, if you want, follow me. You know, I think you guys have my Twitter handle up on the site, right? Yeah, Riddle Riddle Tough Seven, I believe. Yeah, buy some teas. Yeah, buy some teas. You know, I'll throw, I'll throw the link up. I got a PayPal. I heard somebody whisper that to you, Matt. Yeah, I got my cousin here. Hey, you know, I don't do the pro wrestling teas. You know, I'm more of a you know self made guy. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I I can appreciate that. And every T shirt is handwritten out. Boom. Somebody says that we at Fightful need to sponsor your gear for matches. I'm going to have to talk to Jimmy Van about that. Yes, there's, yes, I do. Uh, I actually have been talking to a couple sponsors, and I'm awaiting a couple more sponsors. So if you know anybody that wants to sponsor me, contact me on Twitter, and we can definitely make that happen because I'm wrestling. I wrestle like two to three times a weekend, every weekend all around the world. Like, I'm going to be in China in October. I'm going to be in England in December. I'm all around the United States. I'll be in California in October. I'm all over the place. So it's like, if you have a company and you want them to be seen, and all these people have DVDs, I'm on the internet all the time. So if you're... Everywhere but your home state of Washington, right, Matt? I have, you know, it's funny. (laughs) I never get booked in my home state of Washington. Yeah, it's a shocker. Never, uh, yeah, guys. I can't get Brutal Bob gets booked there, but I can't. Ooh. There's Ooh. Nothing, I didn't mean I didn't mean anything. Here we go. Here we go. That's I've got your booking set up for like the next several months. Dan Hardy, Vince Russo. Brutal Bob, I'm going to turn your own cousin uh, over there against you because I know your cousin's not getting a cut of this when he's reminding you. By the uh, way, guys, if you, all want, if you all want to sponsor the podcast, Matt gets a cut of that as well, so do that. Uh, Brutal Bob, if Brutal Bob, if you want to take out an ad on this show and we trash Matt on the show, hey, do it. Sponsors are available. Guys, hey, I am no, back to no, my no. – hey. This is for Brutal Bob has like a little video thing on Facebook, Brutal Bob Talks or Bob Talks. I'm putting that over. Go check it out on Facebook for Bob. You got that one for Nothing free, Bob. But love, Bob. Bob got that one no. for free. I am back tomorrow afternoon with Vince Russo talking all kinds of crazy stuff, talking the CM Punk fight, all that stuff. I am back with Matt Riddle, I believe next Thursday. Guys, send in questions. We will answer them. Well, Matt, Matt will answer them, at least. As always, yeah. visit Fightful.com. Share the stories, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, all that good stuff. Matt, you want to bid the folks to do? Uh, yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in again. No, I really, I really appreciate it. People Keeps like you, Matt. Going. Keeps me going. <laughs> Guys, until tomorrow, we are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.